time. Josh is such a great encourager, isn't he? This morning I got dressed and I was really excited to wear this new top, which I got with a gift voucher from Rosie for my birthday. Thanks. Josh doesn't think so. I'm like, what do you think of my new top? He's like, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm like, he doesn't understand fashion. <laughs> I think he'd prefer me to wear a t-shirt and trackies. He'd be happy with that. Anyway, um, no, he really is a good encourager, though. He just doesn't understand fashion. Um, <laughs> oh, all right, I'm going to start my stopwatch so I don't keep you here for hours on end. I'm excited for the word today. Um, as I've been preparing this week, I just feel God's given me a, a great word for us and um, pray for me because my battle is when I'm sharing, if I'm excited, I speak really fast and Lynn's given me strict instructions to speak slowly <laughs> and clearly, which is a miracle in itself. And um, if I speak fast, I forget to look at my notes and I miss half my sermon. So God help me. All right. A quick summary, though, of the last couple of weeks. I've kind of had a bit of a series going, starting from when I spoke on Unity, Psalm 133, as a weapon of mass acceleration. And every message since then is built, and today's going to continue to build on that. So, as I said in my first message, it's unity that creates it's our relationship with one another, our connection to one another, a flow of the oil from the head to the edges, Psalm 133, blessed are those who dwell in unity, and that's where the oil is going to flow down. So as we're unified, God can actually move from the all of us, the head, God, all the way down to the edges of our community, to the broken, lost, and hurting. So that's why it's important that we're unified, not so much as we often hear where there is unity, there the Lord commands a blessing, yet that is great to have that blessing, but we often neglect that fact that the oil it creates a space for the oil to flow and it's the anointing oil that changes everything that frees that enables that empowers that heals and um, thank God um, for the woman with the issue of blood when she reached out to touch the hem of Jesus robe that it was anointed and you know that's a prophetic picture of our world today people are reaching out just for a touch of God I, I don't need to prophesy that it's going to happen it is happening we can see it in our worlds people are desperate just for some healing, just for some truth, just for some love, just for some hope and light. And they're reaching out. And when they reach out to touch the edge, not necessarily coming here at the altar on a Sunday, not everyone's going to get into church on a Sunday, but we can take the anointing out into our worlds just by it being on our lives. When people reach out for a touch of God, are they going to find it? Are they going to find anointing? Are they going to find healing? Are they going to find grace, hope? Or because of our disunity potentially, because we've fractured, has there been a stop of that flow of the oil, which means there's no oil on the edges. It's really um, significant. So I also reminded us last week that that flow of anointing that brings life forevermore, as it says in Psalm 133, it's not just for the edges, it's for us in the process. It doesn't just skim over us to go to the world. It is very much for us also. And I prophesied a season of life, endless energy, boundless strength, um, soaring, that's come as we've waited on God. As Isaiah 40 says, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who wait on God will renew their strength and rise and soar. And I believe that's prophetic for the season we're coming into. I spoke about the winter and waiting season we've been in. And you know, winter is a season where roots go deep. And I said this last week, but I'm just recapping for those who might not have been here. And as it builds into what I'm saying today, God's been deepening our roots in Him, expanding our hearts 
And we can mistake a tree in winter for being barren, but it's not barren. It's just deepening its roots, putting all its nutrients into its roots so that it can prepare for the future season of harvest to carry the weight of the fruit that comes. And I love those so the, these lyrics from um, the Hillsong season song um, from the There Is More album. Though the winter is long, even richer the harvest it brings. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you've been in a waiting season, don't be discouraged. It's the waiting season that actually positions us for great strength and fruitfulness in the future. And again, it says in this song, if you're not done working, I'm not done waiting. Sometimes we want to rush through those winter seasons. We want to rush through those waiting seasons. But they're the key seasons where God is really going deep in us to prepare us for the future. And I encourage us as a church, that's the season we've been in, where God is expanding, strengthening, deepening our roots. And it might not look glamorous to the naked eye, but God is positioning us for a season of great fruitfulness and expansion to come, which is exciting. And, you know, uh, Chris Vallotton posted this quote from Michael Dalton, which I like. Um, Pat might pop it up on the screen. It says, sometimes God will stress and stretch you so that the next season doesn't break you. And I love that. These seasons of stretch, of expanding our hearts, of deepening our roots are invaluable because who knows the weight of the next season might just break us if not. So I hope over the last couple of weeks we've unlocked some kingdom keys to help us understand the season we're in and to help us to continue to grow into the future. And I tried to keep it brief last week because I recognize there's been a lot to digest. We've had some great messages in church. There's been a lot um, to chew on. So I hope you're tracking with me and continue to track with me today. And I do encourage you. I often say, um, listen to SoundCloud if you've missed a message, catch up, keeps you in the flow. But also, I love to listen to messages twice. So if you've listened to a message and you're like, oh, I'm just struggling to get my head around it, go home and listen to it again. I love to do that and really chew on it. I love to listen to messages while I'm folding the washing. I think it just makes it more enjoyable. You might have your own way of, your own favorite way to listen to messages. Josh uh, went to Sydney with Shane this week and he said that Shane liked to listen to podcasts in the Sydney traffic because it keeps him calm. <laughs> Josh said Shane's an angry man. No, <laughs> he's not. But, you know, in the car, we don't have much traffic around here, but I don't know, if you're going for a drive somewhere, put a podcast on, put SoundCloud on, feed your spirits, be encouraged, and, um, yeah, stay calm. <laughs> uh, but in summary, there's been a shift in seasons. It's not complicated. Often I think we can overcomplicate things, um, but... I basically feel that God has knitted us together afresh in this season and it's created a flow of oil of life forevermore from heaven in a greater way as we've grasped a proper understanding of unity and perhaps even as we've realigned our hearts and we've understood oh this is why it's important to remain connected and maybe to deal with those things we were grappling with in our hearts because as we're connected it creates a flow of that life forevermore right to the edges and for us in the process and I spoke about a season of change and then how are the winds this week and you know often winds mark shifting seasons seasons of change and there were some strong strong winds this week I'll put up another quote from Tess Ginnery, who used to come here. She's a beautiful young lady, and she wrote this. I open my heart and I breathe in the winds of change as though my lungs depend on them. And I think um, that's really powerful, isn't it? We're in a season of change. Let's breathe it in. Let's make the most of it. We can resist change, but I think um, this season that God's bringing us into is good. May we embrace it. And just a testimony. I spoke about that last week, that we're coming into a season of 
endless energy and boundless strength and life and grace. And, you know, where the anointing oil flows, things move easier. Not easy, but easier. There's just a grace. And I came into Monday and I was like, I have a fresh spring in my step. I feel energized and there was a grace. And I remember one day um, this week, Esther's been back at preschool after she was being sick and I was able to like write a sermon and do some shopping and go drop a meal off at one of our playgroup moms and even have a shower and do some baking. And I can't remember, I just got so much done. And I was like, normally I'd struggled maybe to get like one of those things done in a day. And I just got so much done. And I just was reminded of what I was speaking on, grace, that things that maybe were hard are all of a sudden going to be easier. And I was like, maybe God was actually speaking with me of little faith. I just brought a word on this and then I'm like, oh, maybe there's been a shift. Or maybe I thought that God was speaking to everyone in the church, but forgot that it's also for us. And then I got sick later in the week, and I'm like, no, like this isn't in line with life and energy and strength. And I was really challenged because you know what? Our circumstances don't dictate to the promise of God. And if God's spoken something, He's still spoken it, and our circumstances don't change it. And I was thinking of the people of Israel. You know, God led them out of captivity, and He was leading them to a land flowing with milk and honey. But as soon as, as soon as their circumstances got a little bit tough, they started to grumble and they started to doubt. Maybe God doesn't have anything good for us and we were better in captivity. And they actually derailed themselves from the, de- derailed themselves from the promise of God. And their circumstances dictated their faith. So may our circumstance not dictate to us what our faith is, the promises of God. The promised land was always there for them. They just couldn't see it. And this promise, as I said, this season that we're in is what God has spoken. And I just want to encourage us to continue to thank God for that. There's always a battle over a prophetic promise or a word. But I firmly believe God is ushering us into a season of life and strength and grace. And let's stand on that no matter what our circumstances may dictate. Amen. So even when you can't see it, let's put our trust in Him. And I just have one encouragement for us this morning to build on this from Philippians 3. One encouragement, but I do have a lot of points in that. Um, So God's got us on a journey and there's a fresh flow of oil. But Philippians actually reminds us to remain committed. It says, now that we're on track, let's stay on track. And I think that's really powerful because sometimes we can think, oh, we're in a season of momentum. God's speaking. God's leading. We're on track. Awesome. Let's relax. No, we need to be intentional and continue to be focused and committed to each other, to the cause, or we will easily get off track. So this is what it says, Philippians 3, verse 12 to 21 in the message says, it says it perfectly, Lynn, are you tracking with me? Okay. I'm not saying that I have this all together that I haven't made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I have, oh no, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm often running and I'm not turning back. I love that. So let's keep focused on the goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. If you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, there we go again, there's commitment, God will clear your blurred vision and you'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course, headed for this same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is Easy Street. They hate Christ Cross, but Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belchers are their praises. All they can think of is their appetites. 
but there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he's putting everything as it should be under and around him. Isn't that a powerful scripture? I just love it. And I think there's so much in it. There's far more to life for us than living for ourselves. That's what it's saying. People who are on easy street are just living for their own appetites. There's far more to life than that for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're living for something far greater. And by no means are we experts, but one thing I do know, and I hope we know, is how to press on towards the goal. We may not have it all together. How did you read my mind? I needed some water. (laughs) I was looking at it. So we might not be experts. We're not perfect. But I think one thing we do know how to do is press towards a goal. And may we continue to focus on that. And the goal is Jesus. Our mission is to finish the race. At the end of the day, cross the line, meet Jesus face to face, and to take as many people across the line with us at the end of the day. I just love it. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. And again, prophetically, that's the season that we're in, a season of acceleration. We're off and running. We're not turning back. Now that we're on track, let's stay on track. Let's, let's not get sidetracked. Is anyone's heart resonating? Yeah, awesome. You can be loud in church. Um, <laughs> therefore, since we are surrounded by such... Who is that, Ruby? <laughs> you sound like you've had some helium. <laughs> Joshua's um, having helium from my cousin's engagement party balloons this morning. Yeah, so sounded like you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great clan of witnesses, let's throw off every weight that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. So we're pressing on towards the goal. Now that we are on track, let's stay on it. And you know, Paul knows there's going to be every opportunity to get off track. And he says, stick with me, friends. I know there's going to be temptation. I know there's going to be distractions, but stick with me. He must know it well that just because we're on the path doesn't mean we're going to stay on the path. And I spoke about in my first message on unity about pouring. I said the essence of unity is commitment. It's not our agreement because if it's agreement, every time we disagree, we're going to fall apart. The essence of unity is our commitment to the cause and our commitment to each other. And so it's saying here, let's stay committed. Let's pour our commitment into relationship. That's the first message I spoke on. It's all about relationship and journeying together, having each other's back. I touched on this briefly. Covering's not some mystical thing that comes from, I don't know, some controlling supreme leader. It just comes from strength in numbers. We have each other's back. We're hanging out together. We're running the race together. As Paul says, keep track of those to the right and to the left. Keep track of those around you. We look out for each other. That's where the strength and the protection comes from. And as I said in my first message, there's two types of oil. The oil in us comes through relationship with God. Uh, The oil on us, that flow in Psalm 133 from the head all the way down, comes through our relationship with others. Some people have a lot of oil in them. They love connecting with God, but they have no oil on them. They don't like accountability. They don't like remaining connected. They don't like submission or authority. They just want to do their own thing. And in our increasingly independent world, there's so many people like that. Oil in them, no oil on them. But it's our connection to one another that brings the oil, our accountability, our ability to just relate well to one another. And that's what's going to bring, not just stop the oil up in our own lives, but it's going to cause the flow all the way to the edges. That's why there's such a battle over unity. So let's remain connected. Keep track of those running the same race, those that inspire and 
encourage you. And I love how it says many out there are taking different paths. But if you've got anything less than total commitment in mind, God's going to clear your blurred vision. And I think that goes with the season of shift and change, the winds of change. Um, God's blowing away the fog. Maybe that there's been a bit of fogginess. God's clearing our vision. We're coming into a season of clarity. And it says there's people out there who are trying to convince you to go off the path. All they want is easy street. So if people who are off the path are on easy street, then maybe those of us who are still pressing towards the goal are on not easy street. And I think pressing on towards the goal and living a life of faith is not always easy. It comes with battles and obstacles. It comes with opposition. Josh, do you want to go grab the kids? I'm going to get Josh to grab the kids. I'm going to utilize them for an illustration in a moment. So I feel for some of you there's been lots of battles and you need to be reminded of some things this morning. I feel some of you have had battle after battle after battle and you're like, why have I had so many battles and so many tackles and so many hits? And you know, life is life and we all have battles. It's not just Christians who have battles. I don't like to over glorify the power of Satan, but the reality is that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy anything that represents God. Hello, that's us. He's going to try his hardest to throw us off track, to distract us, to try and get us off path so that we're not pressing towards the goal. And yes, Satan has lost his power and we're more than conquerors, but it doesn't mean everything's going to be rosy. There's going to be some hits and more, the more than conquerors part is actually outworked in how we respond to these battles, uh, I believe. The more than conquerors doesn't mean there will be no battles. It means we'll have them, but they won't define or defeat us. We aren't victims. We can get back up. We can keep running. We can keep pressing on, and we won't let the trials disqualify us. So, hey, kids, welcome. Come and grab a seat. So just to illustrate this, what I'm saying, um, <laughs> whose crazy idea was this? Um, for me, yeah, you can have that. It, it might have backwash in it. Um, celiac for me, I was diagnosed celiac recently. That was just life and that was um, the diagnosis that I had. But the battle was not the diagnosis. The battle was my response to that. I could have been overwhelmed, you know, when the doctor's like, you can't have gluten and if you have gluten, it's going to damage your insides and you might end up with bowel cancer or osteoporosis and you have to be very careful. You can't even have traces because traces will damage you. Of course, I can go in my head like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. I'm going to die. <laughs> Or I can choose to resist that and like, no, God has a plan and a future for me and I don't have to be fearful and I can manage this well. And also in that, like when we, the kids will know this, when we go um, out to eat places, I can't always eat things that everyone else can eat. So I have to ask a million questions about the menu and then that makes me feel awkward and different. And then when we're traveling on the road and we stop at Braidwood for a pie and there's no, no gluten-free options and their family's all eating, I need to be prepared and actually pack some food. But that, in our busy lives, I'm going to get to that hopefully one day. But um, all the family's eating pies and I'm just like sitting there drinking water. And um, I, that can be isolating. And again, that the circumstances that my celiac has made me a little bit different, but that doesn't have to define or defeat me. And so in my mind, that is the diagnosis. But the battle is, am I going to let that be an opportunity to isolate or to make me feel overwhelmed or different? So again, it's not the, um, the circumstance that defines or defeats us. It's our response. How are we going to respond to what life throws at us? Are we going to get back up and continue on? And you know what? I love that for us um, as a church family too. We're all facing battles, and I really think when you're in a season of battle, maybe there's a financial battle, maybe there's some battles in your family, maybe there's a health diagnosis 
all those things have potential to isolate because you can think, no one understands what I'm going through, poor me, I'm such a victim. And I hope we don't do that. I want to encourage you this morning to push through those things that might isolate. And when you have a battle, to lean into the family here, to lean into the strength and the camaraderie and the encouragement and just the beautiful richness that is here in terms of journeying together. All right, so... Back to some of you wondering why there's been so many trials. I'm going to get the kids to help me here. And we haven't practiced this, so it could be crazy. Um, so just bear with me. I'm going to get Tamana and Taj, just if only a few of the kids. Some, everyone sit back, shuffle back. Tamana and Taj and Zeke and Axel and Knox to come up. And there's a reason I'm picking these guys. It's because we're just going to play a quick little game of football. And these guys do play football, so they know exactly what I'm talking about. Shuffle back. All right. Josh is going to be the ref. We're going to have... Ooh. We're going to have Zeke. No, no. Oh, yeah. Zeke and... Zeke, Knox and Taj. Up that, I'll go on that side. Verse to minor and Axel. Over here. Okay. And I think we're going to do three tackles, not six. So just play a normal game of football. <laughs> Tamana's gone up the back. Josh, do you want to um, say anything to the kids? Do you need the mic? The only thing I'm going to say is Zeke. Keep it down. <laughs> and you two, you're on the same team. All right? Yeah. Yeah, go. Uh, all right. All right. Quick, come on, quick, quick, quick. Go, not Axel. strict instructions this morning to be gentle. He loves, that's why he's got a big head. <laughs> yeah, money. <laughs> Axel's kick. Good boy. Zeke, you got other teammates. Go, Taji. <laughs> oh. Go, Noxie. Go, Axel. Good job, boy. All right, hold, 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 hold. Go, go, Taj. Run. Well, you won't hold. <laughs> All right, hold. Last tackle. Play the ball, Zeke, to Noxie. Go, Nox. Go, Taj, run. All right. Hand over. Hand over. <coughs> All right, last play. Go. <laughs> play the ball. Good tackle, Noxie. Yes, try. All right, end of game. <coughs> now we won't be able to stop them. All right, game over. Axel and Tamana win.
Give them a hand. Thanks, kids. Do you want to go back to Kids Church now or you want to stay in and listen? All right, out you go. <laughs> Thanks, kids. Give it one more hand as they go. We love you, kids. <clears throat> all right. It's nice to have all the kids back, actually. They've been busy with their NRL, with presentations and gala days, so it's good to have them all back here. Um, so the reason I did that, who got tackled then in that game? Everybody. But only ever the player with the ball. So when you're carrying something of significance, there's going to be some tackles. And I feel some of you need to be reminded of this. You're like, why am I being hit so many times? And why has there been so many battles? It's because there's gold within you. It's because you're carrying the touch of heaven to a world that is in desperate need of it. And I feel some of you have even questioned, maybe I've been having so many battles because somehow I'm deficient in some way or maybe God can't use me or I'm just useless and there's no purpose or hope for me and there's just battle after battle I'm no good at anything on the contrary there's been battles because you're a threat because you're carrying something you're carrying gold you're carrying something worthwhile and you know what it's not the people on the sidelines that get tackled Dean might have got a ball to the head but normally the people on the sidelines don't cop the tackles the people in the spectator stand don't cop the tackles only ever the people on the field running playing the game with the ball get the tackles and I feel some of you have lost your way a bit and you can't even remember why you signed up to this faith thing you're pressing on maybe you signed up to press on towards the goal and you're like why am I on the field what am I carrying what am I doing who am I and God wants to remind you this morning what you're carrying, what you're doing, who you are, and what you're pressing towards. And, you know, sometimes when you get a few too many tackles to the head, you can get a bit concussed. I've seen Lapani like this at his football games. He often gets targeted because he's a threat. And he, like, is on the field, concussed. And, you know, when you're concussed, you do kind of forget, like, where am I and whose team am I on and what got me here in the first place? Are some of us a little bit spiritually concussed, maybe? We've just forgotten what team we're on, who we're fighting for. God's clearing our blurred vision. I'm here to remind you what you're pressing on towards, the goal, Jesus, and to take as many people across the line at the end of the day with us. All right. And the reason, again, you've caught the tackles is because you've got the ball. Sure, you could have walked off the field, as Philippians said, and taken easy street like many others have done, sat on the sidelines. But I just want to encourage you, don't give up now. You're carrying gold within you and the enemy, the opposition would love nothing more than to devour the gold within you. Even that oil that I'm talking about, when there's oil flowing, that's a threat to the enemy because it's going to change the world. <sighs> so, see now I've gone off my notes and I've lost track because I got excited. Anyway, <laughs> um, and when you're a threat, you're going to get targeted. And I've seen it all the time. You see it in the professionals' games. I said Lapine got targeted. You know, I spoke about last week that Zeke, that game where he was just tackling, doing tackle after tackle, and his coach is like, guys, Zeke just did five tackles in a row and no one's helping him. You've got to get behind him. Who did the enemy target? Not the enemy, the opposition, the opposing team targeted Zeke because he was the only one really playing the game. And I remember during that game, they began to realize, okay, Zeke is the only one playing this game and he's a threat. And they began to just all come against him. And I remember at times there was like five or six of these other team who would just grab Zeke and throw him into the ground. I was just like, oh, just, I was like, is he going to get back up? But he just kept getting back up time after time. Because as I said last week, for those of you that were here, Ezekiel, whom God makes strong, he's been on a journey, but God has made him strong. And during that game, so he got tackle after tackle after tackle, but he just kept getting back up. And I feel some of us have forgotten what it is to get back up. 
But as I said last week, times are changing. We're in a new season. There's fresh strength. There's fresh grace. There's fresh energy. And with that goes the ability to get back up after the battle, after the tackle, quicker than we used to. And you know what? This is a really exciting prophecy. The tackles are going to keep coming. Because as individuals and as a collective, we're carrying gold, we're carrying something worthwhile, we're carrying oil to the edges of a lost and dying and broken humanity, and that's a threat to the kingdom of darkness. So there's going to be some tackles. There's going to be some opposition. The devil, the thieving, lying, devouring snake doesn't want to see people encounter the God of all truth and light and hope through us. Ephesians 6, this is no afternoon athletics carnival we're going to walk away from in a couple of hours. This is a life and death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. As I said, I don't like to glorify Satan, but the biblical truth is we're in a battle. 1 Peter 5, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There will be battles. Some battles are just life, but some are attempts of the enemy to devour, to derail, to distract to take us out. But as I said, it's going to be different. And I feel some of you are going to be like, wow, last year that financial battle or that issue in my family or that issue in my marriage or that health diagnosis would have crippled me. But this time that health diagnosis or that financial battle or that issue in my family didn't cripple me. It's happened and I've got back up and I'm running and I'm still running. The season is different. There's a stronger grace. The things that once defeated you are not going to defeat you in the same way. You're stronger now than you were in the last season. That season of waiting, that season of your roots growing down deep, of expanding your heart has not been wasted. It's strengthened you for what is to come. You're a different person. You're not the old you. You may have been hit a few times, but get back up. It's time to run and press on towards the goal, throwing off everything that hinders. Come on, church. Now that we're on track, let's stay on it let's not go off the path let's keep running getting up tackle after tackle working together leaning into the team keep on running run with it Kirsty run with it Ebony run with it Morrison Steph Shane Tom Kath just throwing out names there run we're in a season of running and you know what kids on the field who just stand there with the ball like they get past the ball and maybe I don't know if Taj did that They're going to get tackled. You're an open target if you're kind of just standing there like, I've got the ball, but I don't know what to do with it. There's something to be said for being strategic, being prepared, getting on the field, working with your team and thinking quickly, but getting moving. Getting moving is actually a protection in itself. All right. So work with the team strategically to take some ground, have a game plan, be prepared to think and act quick and get moving. A player running with the ball who's got strategy and has the rest of the team backing him and knows how to communicate, that's another key, with them is the toughest to defeat. And, you know, there's so much you could draw from football on this, and I'm not an expert. I just know from growing up watching it and watching my kids, but Josh or Lapani or Jay or someone who actually knows it would probably draw a lot more out of it. But this is just my simplistic overview. And I'm sure there could be a lot drawn out of other team sports. But anyway, let's continue pressing on towards the goal, staying on track. Let's not just stand there holding the ball. Let's get moving, get in the flow, communicate with others and keep track of everyone else on the team. As it says in Philippians 3, keep Philippians 3, keep track of the person to the right and the left. Work well together. There's actually a protection, a strategy in that. There's often nothing more beautiful than when you just see a team working so well together and it's seamless and it's grace, then it's just beautiful. And I think that's something of that for us to comprehend as a church, as a family, 
let's work together beautifully in unison in a way that actually enables us to see victory after victory and perhaps even to avoid some of the tackles, step around the tackles, work together. Sometimes we can just run right into the enemy's plan because we're not thinking ahead, we're not strategic. All right. Or perhaps I've been speaking like we're all on the field and we need to make a fresh commitment or maybe just be reminded of why we're on the field. But perhaps you feel that you've dropped out of the game and you think, I'm not really pressing on towards the goal. I don't even remember last time I was holding the ball. I let it go a long time ago. The pressure was too much and at the time, Easy Street was just the best option. But I feel that God's speaking to you this morning and he's reminding you that you're actually created for so much more than just to sit on the sidelines or to sit in the spectator stands. God actually wants you on the team and you have something to offer this world that no one else does. He wants to do life with you and God knows that you carry gold within you. So, drinks break. You might, I might actually get the band up too if you want to pop up. Thanks, Tim. I feel the invitation this morning is if you feel like you've dropped the ball do you want to recommit to pressing towards the goal do you want to jump back on the field do you want to jump back off the sidelines and I feel some of you have been longing and you're like I know I'm on the sidelines but I want to be back here I want to press towards the goal I want to be on the team but you just haven't known how and it starts with a commitment a recommitment I'm going to give an opportunity for that this morning Or perhaps you've never decided that you want to follow Jesus. Maybe you've never made that decision that you want to press towards the goal. As I'm talking about, you want to make it your life mission to pursue Jesus. And you want to make that decision for the first time again. I'll pray in a moment. Or for those of us who feel that we're pressing towards the goal, but maybe we've got a bit of spiritual concussion, amnesia. Maybe we're just a bit confused and we've forgotten, like, what am I pressing towards? And Whose team am I on and where am I? You just, you just want to make a fresh commitment. You're pressing towards the goal, Jesus. And you're going to continue to run and not get thrown off track. We're going to commit afresh. And whatever it is, first time commitment, recommitment, or a fresh commitment to continue pressing on towards the goal, come hell or high water, it's about commitment this morning. And you know, what did I say again was the essence of unity? It's commitment. It's all about commitment to the cause, Jesus Christ, our commitment to each other. So this morning, we're committing afresh. Yes, we're on track, but we're making a commitment afresh that we're going to stay on track. So let's stand. And, you know, I recognize I said that we're in a season of strength and grace and life and energy. And you're going to find yourself bouncing back up easier. And that's all very well. And that's my prophetic sense. And may that continue to be the case and continue to thank God for that. But I also believe there's some keys to being tackled well, to getting back up, some practical tips on how to protect ourselves, how to lean into the team, how to work together. And I've touched on some of that, but I do want to unpack it a bit more in future weeks. Some of it comes into how we work together as a team. Some of it comes into how we build our lives. Are we building our lives on the sand? Because if so, when the hits come, we're going to crumble. Or are we building our lives on the rock? Jesus, the truth, kingdom principles, And if we are, when the hits come, we're on a firm foundation and those hits aren't going to rock us as much as as if we're on the sand. So yes, I can prophesy a season of life and strength and vitality, but I also want to give us some keys in my next message on this. And um, it essentially comes into um, 
how we unite around relationship and how we unite around kingdom principles, which were two of the three things that I spoke about in my first message, we unite around if we want to build the kingdom. So stay tuned for that. But for now, it's our commitment. First time you want to commit to Jesus for the first time ever in your life. And I can tell you it's the best decision you'll ever make. It's the best decision best decision I've ever made. And yes, there's some hits and there's some challenges along the way, as there is with life. But what a joy to press towards Jesus, to have Him as the goal, to have Him fill us with hope and life and joy. And also to work with such a wonderful kingdom team of people who are doing the same thing on the same journey. It's beautiful. Or if you just want to recommit, you want to get off the sidelines, you want to be back in the game, or if you've been running the race and you're just a bit weary and um, you just want to commit afresh to running, continuing to press towards the goal, then we are going to commit. We're going to throw off every weight that hinders. God's clearing our blurred vision. We're running now, no turning back. Now that we're on track, let's stay on track running until we see Jesus face to face on that glorious day he makes us whole and we enter into eternity as it says in Philippians but there's far more to life for us we're citizens of high heaven we're waiting the arrival of the savior the master Jesus Christ who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own he'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he's putting everything as it should be under and around him. He's going to make us beautiful and whole one day with that same beautiful skill that he's working everything together beautifully under and around him. And I just love that picture. There's going to be some battles and we're on a journey, but God is working everything together with his powerful skill. He's in everything. He's around everything. He's under everything. So no matter what the battle is, no matter what your circumstance, no matter what the diagnosis, no matter what your financial situation, God's got it. He's under everything. He's through everything. You don't have to control. You can trust Him. You can get back up and continue on because God is making a way. He's making a way to make it all perfect in the end. In the meantime, let's keep running together, keeping track of those around and taking as many people on the journey as possible pressing on towards the goal. God's got the bigger picture. We just need to run our race. And as I said, there's going to be some tackles, but don't forget what you're carrying. Don't forget what's in you. Don't forget what you're living for, whose team you're on and what's at stake. And don't forget most of all to get back up. There's a fresh grace. You're going to find yourself getting up so much more easily than you did in the last season. And you're going to be running and you're going to be running and you're going to lean into the team and you're going to figure out what it is to be more than a conqueror in a greater way. You're not going to be a victim. Some of you have been victims. I'm just a victim. Poor me. My circumstance, my life is so hard. God's breaking that mindset. You're not a victim. You're more than a conqueror and you can get back up and you can keep running. No matter how many tackles you're given, you're not a victim. You're more than a conqueror in Jesus. It's not the tackles that make or break us, but how we respond. And remember that it's always the greatest threats that cop the greatest hits. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget the greatness of God's call over your life. And I feel for some of you, this is the last thing I'm going to say, that you've actually resisted Easy Street and you've got friends and family watching on from the sidelines and the spectator stands. Hebrews 12.1, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You've got some friends who are about to say, I want what you have. I've been watching you and boy, did I wish I had a purpose in life like you. I wish I had a team backing me like you do. I wish I could know this Jesus that fills you with such life and hope. I wish I had the courage to not compromise like you. I want to be on the team that you're on. 
keep running with that ball, church. And I feel that people are going to start to follow you. You're going to look behind you and be like, who are all these people? They're people that were watching you not take easy street. And maybe they doubted you when you decided not to take easy street. But now they're seeing the stride in your step. They're seeing the strength and the vitality and the blessing and the grace that's on you and your family. And they're like, I want what that guy's got. And they're going to start chasing you to just grab a touch of the deposit of Jesus, of truth, of light, of hope that is on your life. And so, God, I thank you this morning that there is oil flowing from the head to the edge. I thank you that there is a broken and a lost and a dying world that is reaching out just for a touch of you, Jesus. And I thank you that when they reach out, they're going to find it because there is a group of people here that are committed to standing together, that are committed to you, Jesus. And we do commit afresh right now. And so if that's you, if you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus and you want to commit first time to pressing on towards that goal, I'm going to get you to raise your hand in a moment. If you just want to recommit and say, oh, I feel like I've been on the sidelines, but I want back in. I want to press towards that goal. I want to be on the team. Also, you can raise your hand in a moment. Or if maybe you're a bit wary or maybe the tackles have got you down and you're just like, oh, I've lost a bit of hope. And you want to renew. You want to have a fresh commitment to pressing towards that goal right now. I just want you to raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you. I believe there's great power in our commitment and no one else is looking, just me. So I thank you so much, God, for each and every one with their hand raised here. I thank you for the power of our commitment. I thank you that right now you're stirring hope in hearts that have lost hope. I thank you that you're taking us on a journey with you. We just thank you, God. You're so, so good. And perhaps, God, for those who have just lost their strength and lost their energy and lost their hope. I thank you that even now, as they make a fresh commitment, God, you're just birthing energy and strength, a fresh vitality. I thank you that we're not the same. We're no longer victims, God. We are more than conquerors. And we commit together as a church, as a team, as a family, to pressing on towards the goal, pressing on towards you, Jesus. And we look forward to that day when one day we meet you face to face. And our prayer is that we would have as many people cross that line at the end of the day with us as possible. And I thank you for all the ones, the great cloud of witnesses that are watching on and are looking at these ones who are pursuing you. I thank you for the testimony of that. I thank you for many who are yet to come, many who are going to also choose to follow God. Help us to stay on track. Now that we're on track, help us to keep running. We press towards that goal. We're not going to look back. Help us to throw off every weight that hinders. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just give God a hand. So, so good.